when two worlds combine, it sparks into existence a brand new life of clarity and cosmic insight. This is the truest form of alchemy. Join Becky Gregory and Hillis Pugh on Cosmic Insight, only on Real Revolution Radio X. Welcome everyone to Cosmic Insight. I am Rebecca Gregory. I was special get two special guests tonight. One is Merlin and the other one, and I want to bring on Mr. Hillis. <laughs> and I'm Hillis Butte and welcome to Cosmic Insight. And today we have a very special guest. You know, it's, it's a rarefied opportunity to connect with someone who can communicate the way that this individual does. Mitchell Osborne is a psychic medium, animal communicator, and tarot card reader, and mindfulness transformation coach. And he's been studying all things metaphysical since 1989 and has been working professionally and globally since 2009. And so Mitchell, Welcome to the show. I mean, I just want to really us to get into this and really just have a good time because, you know, with one who does the work that you do, that we all do, actually all three of us, to be honest, <laughs> I mean, it, it speaks volume for the direction of where we're headed, you know, in the world right now. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. I, 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 I think... I think of all the stuff I get to do, interviews are, I don't know why I love interviews because I think I get to just show up and be me. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm showing up and I have to do work, but I just get to be me and it's so much fun. So I appreciate being here, holding down so, Central Florida. <laughs> yeah, we're all down in Florida where it's, where it's actually cold. <laughs> well, yeah, cold for, cold for Floridians. I keep joking, I said, y'all, it was a freezing 65 degrees today. Well, honestly, when I woke up, it was 40-something. And Rebecca was like 30 by you, right? Oh, yeah, it was like 30. It's like freezing here. Yeah. So. But, Mitch, I want to ask you, so what was the catalyst for you to really put you on the path of being a psychic and being an animal communicator? So uh, I was that, you know, I'm a middle child of three boys. You know, I was the hyperactive kid and, you know, five, six years old, I'm the kid who on Sunday morning is wide awake at 5 a.m. and nobody else is. And I literally would, my mom played bridge and other card games and things like that. I remember, you know, I would sit at the table with the cards and I would shuffle them and I would hold one on my forehead away from me. And I would try to guess the color which is one out of two chance. Then I would try to guess the suit, which is one out of four. And then I would try to guess more specific. So I was always into this stuff. There was a, a time, and in my house, we could talk about dreams. So we weren't like conservative Christian, but there was a conservative nature, born and raised in Polk County, Florida. Um, I did escape, I'm in Orlando, Orange County now. Um, but there was a little conservative nature there. And then, you know, figuring out that I'm different than everybody else. You not only that stuff, but also being, you know, closeted gay kid till 1999, you know, so there was all this stuff kind of going on inside of me, which I, I think 
helped make me a lot more sensitive to everything that was going on and always keep my psychic abilities, you know, honed and fresh. Um, and then, you know, flash forward to throwing myself into church and acting and theater all in like the same time. Went through a very, you know, weird, wild, conservative. If anybody's a Nazarene, that's where I went. That was my my choice of religion, the Nazarene world. Spent, you know, eight, 10 years, best, worst time of my life. Um, I always, the imagery I always get from that was like, I walked through this beautiful little white church and I grabbed everything I need and I walked out the back door. And I'm taking all that I learned there that resonates with me in the trueness of life and, um, and, and I'm using it now because I'll never forget 1999 when, you know, I knew the Holy Spirit's voice very intimately because the Nazarenes encourage you to speak to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I remember hearing that voice as I've been in and out of nine years of kind of counseling and therapy say, it's okay, go find a man. So I literally beat the steering wheel and cussed at God. And, you know, and it just things started shifting. I, I moved out of that church, tried different ones. Um, this is my church now. If you have to call it a church, this is the spiritual connection. And in 1999, 2000, books started falling off the shelves. Literally, I remember sitting in the cafe at Barnes and Noble and I heard, hey, come over here. And I was like, okay, that's weird, but I'm going to follow the voice because I used to trust it. Went over to the section and, and the book is back to somewhere, but um, You Are Psychic by Deborah Lynn Katz was probably one of the first books I pulled off the shelf. Started reading you know, tried the tarot cards, freaked out one day when I had a bad day. And, and I apologized to those tarot cards because I walked down the street and threw them in the garbage because I knew it was the devil's work, um, which and, and literally there's I literally probably have 120 decks of tarot, oracle and norma cards in my house. So right in this room. So I've, I've totally, <laughs> totally made amends. And I believe in my I believe in my heart of hearts that that deck somehow got to somebody who needed it back then. <laughs> yeah. um, so when I finally moved to Orlando, you know, started studying in person with groups here in, in Orlando, there's a couple really great metaphysical stores that have been around, some that have come, some that have gone. Um, dreams were something I could kind of continue to work with growing up because my mom was, uh, that was something she did really well and we could talk about because it was still a little biblical and trustworthy, not, you know, de demon stuff. But um, then probably when I, you know, I've been studying everything since 1999, went professional as a reader in 2009. First gig as a reader was at Universal Studios Orlando. They had tarot card <laughs> readers there. We did well, you're have the to one that did my reading way back then. <laughs> <laughs> you might not have heard the reading over the Blues Brothers who were literally on the other side of the wall um, or the butt right here that was buying merchandise from the, um, from the kiosk. Uh, but we actually had to take the death card out when we worked there. It was kind of fun. And I was like, it's okay. If the six of swords comes up, I'll get the same kind of impression. But uh, so that, you know, I was there, started teaching. And I remember one day, because my husband had Toby, American short hair, Sheldon, a dachshund who's still alive. He's 19 years old Wow, with, with us. And then uh, uh, Lovita, who was a Pomeranian, she made it to 14 years old. They were in his house. And then when I finally moved in with him, I remember teaching a class and I looked at somebody and said, oh my God. I said one day, I'm just going to see my business card is going to say like pet psychic because I was connecting with them. And it was one of those where it's not that I didn't want to do it, but I was like, I'm going to read the humans, you know, but <laughs> I will, and I don't say this often, but I think the, the pet stuff is the thing that comes the most easy and 
and it's like it's the most polished and I don't know how to describe it but it's just one of those where I that's probably why I shied away from it because it felt so simple and so normal I'm you know still human but it really was an interesting thing so yeah and and here I am <laughs> doing, my, doing my thing <laughs> Well, welcome for joining us this evening. Yeah. And yeah. That fabulous, fun story. I know I, I had, um, right before the show started, I, as you see the bearded dragon, which I just had in her, he was yelling at me, Hillis, like he wanted to be seen. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, he wanted to be on the show tonight. So my first time ever, Hill, you know, Merlin's been on the show here with me. So um, how cool I thought apropos, you know, for the animal and, you know, and you do another thing as well, which I absolutely love, which are the Oracle and the tarot cards. Oh. So uh, those, those are my heart of hearts. And so, you know, for the viewers, you know, I know we're going to get in the manimal community, but I, like, what do you find the difference between like, because I know I get this question a lot of times too. So from your point of view, like, what do you find the difference between tarot and Oracle cards on when you do readings, like the difference maybe you find on what you're looking for using the different types of cards? Yeah. I mean, I would want to know that too, because I don't know the difference at all. So um, so with tarot, for me, tarot is a very structured system. If I pick up, a, if, a, if a deck says it's a tarot deck, the first thing I'm going to do is look how many cards are in there. And if there's not 78, then I'm like, no, that's not a real tarot deck. And, and it's not that I'm a purist, but, but, you know, I believe that that deck has so much power. I love that there are so many decks that are based off of, and I'm, kind of go back to rider weight as my kind of, if they're based off rider weight, I'm good. If they're more like, is it the, the Thoth or, you know, Marseille? I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, I can read with them if I want to, but they just don't resonate like traditional rider weight kind of decks or influence decks. Um, I love Oracle cards. I often get caught up in Oracle cards of how the beauty of the imagery, because there's not usually a structure to them. They're, they're, usually, but a lot of times the person who created them may have developed their structure if you read the book and if you really study and work with it. But I, I you know, when I pull an Oracle card, it's, um, it gives me just this, it's much more kind of an ethereal feel to it, where tarot, I feel like, okay, I need to interpret this, I need to, you know, step and when I read, I read kind of in layers. That's how I teach. Like I say, okay, the traditional meaning of the four of coins is that you might be holding on to the material things just a little too tightly. But then I look at the imagery and I'm like, okay, you know, let's look at the embodiment of this character. If we, if we sit like him, it makes me feel frustrated and constipated. If I look at the colors, that's going to give me another layer. The number, I'm a huge num numerological numbers guy. So I'm always looking at the numbers. And four is solid, four corners you know, north, south, east, and west for suit. So it's very practical in its nature. Um, and then, you know, I may look at the astrological sign, you know, that it could be that Capricorn energy, you know, that, okay, we need to pay attention to the numbers this time, you know, for dealing with that Capricorn card. Um, and then there's, and I will tell you, I, my mind was blown because I believe we have free will. I believe when I read the tarot cards, I predict, but I usually follow up saying, do you like that? And then hold on to that thought. If you don't, let's see how we can change it. Let's pull some more cards, see what the opportunities are. Um, because I believe we are manifesting, creating our path. Um, but I'll never forget being in Dallas at TerraCon and Rana George was up there talking about Lenormand and I'm raising my hand like a, like a little child and I'm saying, excuse me, are you telling me this is a fortune telling deck? And she's like, yes, it is. And I was like, you know, and I vowed at that point to, when I studied Lenormand to study the true traditions of it, because 
I can read Lenormand like an Oracle deck, but when I read it as it's intended, it's really powerful. What's Lenormand is a deck of cards, typically 36. Yeah, it's typically 36 cards. There's a man card, there's a woman card. Nowadays, they, they will incorporate two men, two women in case it's a same-sex couple. Um, you know, there's an anchor card, which means, you know, holding still, not moving. There are positive cards, there are negative cards, there are neutral cards. Okay. And typically, you can throw them into 30, a block of, um, there's the four by eight with four on the bottom. I do the four by nine, which is all 36 card. It's called the grand tableau. And then I look at it and you say, what's going on with my health? I go, okay, let's find the tree card. So I go to the tree card and I look around it in a block of nine around it. I may see what knights it. And if you know chess, which I'm not a big chess person, but knighting means up one over two or up two over one. It's what the knight can move. And that card may knight this is yes, I can see your mind going. <laughs> it's like it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, it's very French. It's a French system um, that Mademoiselle Lenormand probably never ever used, but like good publicity, they attached her name because she was a very famous psychic and medium and fortune teller back in I can't remember what century. But uh yeah, so now there's a lot. Lenormand has taken popularity in the last five to eight years. So it's very wow. Yeah. Thank you for that information. Cause I, yeah. have, I mean, I personally like tarot cards. Like I've never gotten, I'm like, they're too structured for me. They make my head spin. So I, I personally just do Oracle cards, but I love the them. Like they're, yeah. That's how spirit talks to me is through the Oracle. I know when something's going on, you know, I pull my oracles and that's, that's where I get most of my yeah. messages. So yeah. I love it. I play with them all the time. And so. there's a whole, there's a German deck called Kipper, which is very similar to Lenormand. Um, again, it's very structured. If you want to research that, just go to the, the card geek, which is Tony Poulet, um, who has the world divination association. She is the, she is the premier and Rana George is Rana George is Lenormand. So, but Tony Poulet, uh, is uh, definitely Kipper. Okay. So everybody yeah. out there looking for cards, plethora <laughs> of information. You the place right here. I'm sorry to say, I'm sorry to, to feed your addiction for decks. No. Me personally, I'm not a deck. Yeah, I'm not a deck fan. I'm, I'm more of a crystal guy. Ooh, there Hold you up. go. To all, all things crystal. And you know, it's funny because I never really got into decks. I mean, I don't mind the tarot reading. I don't mind the oracle reading. But me personally, you know, being a clear audience medium, I find it easy just to tune in to the energy and, and receive the messages to give to other people as opposed to trying to uh, interpret what it means, yeah. you know, because the interpreting is the process of me receiving the message. I mean, okay, this is this, this is this. Okay, well, here you go. This is your message, you know, and, and, and on, that's it as opposed to, you know, well, you know, the six of swords or the five of pentacles. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, and, and it's interesting. When I was studying my mediumship, my teacher was from Casadega, Florida. So every, for like five years straight, every Wednesday, Tuesday night, um, she came into town and um, I work with her and she was a spiritualist and she, I don't want to, she didn't, poop, she kind of poo-pooed the card. She basically said they're a crutch. And, I, and I'm glad I was strong enough in my own self to realize they were crutch for her but there was something about them for me. And I even tried to get away from them for a while, but I was sucked back in and they're like family. But now I will say this, I'm, if I'm working with you and I'm throwing tarot cards, tarot cards for me is very psychic. It's here and now physical world. The yeah. moment grandma or just spirit comes in, the cards kind of go down. 
So once I'm once I'm there, the cards kind of go down. And I've I've honestly probably one out of 200 times I've used cards with an animal reading. Animals, it's it's so for me, once I go to mediumship mm. across the veil, it's the cards are not there. And I I kind of think it like the cards can't move through the veil. Like they're physical and they can't move through the veils, but it makes me feel like. Um, but yeah, so I totally understand the, sometimes it's like, I just need to put the cards down and talk to you from, because someone's coming in and I need, need to let you know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. well, that goes, you know, into the concept of, you know, oh, Marlon, like, get off the computer. Maybe we should have <laughs> He keeps on jumping on the computer listening, then he's taking off. So this, this is, this is fun. But, you know, talking about the concept of, you know, he's typing you a message. Did you get that? Yes. <laughs> he said, feed me. What he said. He said, feed but, you know, me. going back to, you know, learning, going into the truth of ourselves. And as we move along this path, whatever we're doing, you know, those tools are all there for us. And they are intermingling to help us guide us in this crazy world that we're in and navigate it and finding, I'm a firm believer, you find what works for you yeah. and you can enter just like you do doing the cards and then also opening up to the mediumship where the cards go away. Like it just helps. It's almost like there's all kinds of doorways in navigation yeah yeah absolutely which is uh, yeah i love that you that you even brought that up too rebecca because what i wanted to talk to you about mitchell is you know being you know audience being clairvoyant having connecting to the energy in that way and you talked about you know earlier how easy it is for you to communicate with pets than it is with grandmas and grandpas and ancestors so what is the what was the transition for you and how is it easier to communicate to animals you know that's a, that's a good question I, I think and I'm, I'm 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 kind of listening i think i think for me what happens is probably I started communicating with animals, never really attending any kind of classes on how to do it. So I kind of approached it what felt most natural, just like meeting someone on the street and sparking up a conversation rather than meeting someone online and being told how you should do it. Um, and I think with the, the mediumship and connecting to you know those that have crossed over or just energies, I, I've never felt, you know, so drawn to be like that platform medium where you step into a lot of like working with grief because people have lost someone. Usually 95% of the people that are seeking like to communicate with someone on the other side, it's usually not about what you see on TV. You know, it's usually not the Teresa, the Tyler. It's, you know, for me, it's usually about you know, how are they? What's going on? Um, versus, you know, who killed them? What happened? Where are, you know, that grief that's so bottled up. And and because when I took a, a week-long course with James Van Prague, I remembered flying home from Omega Institute and I thought, I don't know that I want to be a grief counselor. <laughs> I mean, that's that's that was what it felt like to me. And I thought, you know what? It's okay. That's for me, it's like this. I attract, I think what I attract is people who are already on a very powerful spiritual journey. And they come to me like looking for either the next step or that confirmation or, you know, connecting to their ancestors or past lives or something along that nature, rather than someone who is so in 3D earth that they don't know why their son was killed. 
You know, that's what I, I that's, I, I don't get a lot of those type of people and clients. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, a lot of psychics that I know, self-included, you know, it's not, what it's like what you say, it's not what you see on TV. It's not, you know, people wanting to say, oh, you know, this person died or that person died and I want to know how they're doing and how they're feeling, you know, and they want uh, closure, if you will. But, you know, for the people who are, you know, say on a regular basis or, or even new clients that they want to know, okay, well, where's my life headed? Or what's the next step for me? You know, I'm on this path and I'm not sure what direction to take. And, you know, and, and, and people wanting clarity in their life now, they want clarity and structure. I'm like, oh, well, I can give you that, <laughs> you know? And if you want to talk about, you know, a few of your ancestors, I mean, and sometimes, you know, me with me personally, it's like um, there are ancestors, there are, you know, the parents or the grandparents to come in to assist me in facilitating that connection to bring forth the information and answers, but it's not always, you know, as uh, my teacher uh, called it, we don't like to uh, practice or teach doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, you, you talked about like ancestors. I've, I've personally, you know, connected with my relatives who've crossed over. I discovered when I was like 35 years old, my mom goes, oh yeah, that's your grandfather's book, which she didn't have the best relationship with him at the end of his life. And I pulled this book out and I was like, I'm sorry, what is this? My grandfather was a metaphysical minister because he, he, was, he was a Baptist kind of preacher for a while or in the Baptist church deacon and stuff like that. But I guess his he grew and changed and kind of did what I did, went into the church, came out the backside. And my middle name, my middle name is William. And that's his name. I mean, I'm named after him. And it's wow. like that, that lineage. And this was a man who was born in Russia. His last name was French, but he was actually German. You know, so when he came to Chicago in like 1930s or, or no, actually a little before that, because Mary, my grandmother, who was a, uh, you know, a teacher from a hillbilly from the hills of Tennessee, you know, so just a bizarre story there. Um, but, you know, I've connected him a little bit, but it's not like they're my, it's like, I don't, again, I don't know if it's where I came from, but it's always been like, I'm source, source is where I work with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if grandfather comes in, I definitely pay attention, but it's like he's not on the back burner as my guide. And I used to feel, <laughs> it was another time where, thank goodness I had enough self-awareness. Like, like, you know, people always tell me, connect with your ancestors. I'm like, I have, but they don't stay around. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 I bypass them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have a strong connection to like Atlantis and like Lemuria and Mu. Atlantis more than anything. You too? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, if we're going to talk about some, you know, aliens, there's, I have a stronger connection with these 12 blue lizards, beings out there than anything else. <laughs> so tell us about it. Yeah. You brought it so, up. We'll talk yeah. about everything. I have no. Lemurian, Atlantean, Syrian, Arcturian people, you know. Yeah. Join the family. So first, the, the reason I know Atlantis, when I started studying hypnotherapy in 2015, and I have 500 hour certificate certification in transpersonal and clinical hypnotherapy, um, 
And I remember being in one of the practice sessions and I, she took me back and we were in a class setting and I was there and I was like, damn, I know where I am, but I'm not supposed to say it out loud. I knew I was in Atlantis. And I said, she was asking me and I said, well, my job is to collect the crystals. So I would go to the beach every day and collect the crystals that would wash up, but they didn't just wash up, they maneuvered their way up. So it was bizarre. Like I would come back to this giant table in a room and I was, I was number nine. I kept saying, I'm number nine. She's like, what do you mean? I said, well, there are 12 of us around this table, three, 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 three. And I said, I'm number nine. And, and I knew why I was there. And I, and she's like, well, you know, we talked more and more. And finally, she, and I knew I was, I knew in that lifetime, I did not speak up and I could have prevented a lot of destruction and stuff. Yeah. And in this lifetime, my, my challenge is to speak up. <laughs> my challenge is to be in front. Like, yes, I, I see you. I see you. And uh, the funniest thing was she said, well, tell them, because I said, there's not, there's, you know, 12 of us here. I'm one of them. She said, well, tell them you got to come back. And I started laughing and she's like, why are you laughing? I said, well, they heard you. And of course I'm, you know, my, my consciousness is back here. And then me up here is kind of talking. And I remember thinking, why did I just say they heard her? Like, this is, this is like, you know, this is like a dream. This is like, you know, a past life thing, but she's talking, they can hear. I was like, it was just bizarre. So I came out of that knowing I had a big connection there, knowing more and more about, you know, supporting. I really supported, I remember saying one time to a lady, was a teacher of mine, I said, I feel like I'm here to support the feminine. Like almost all of my bosses and everybody I work with, female, female, female. And she said, I honor what you just said, but I feel like you might be, not just supporting the feminine, but trying to bring the balance because one or the other is too, you know, if, if there's, if, if, if feminine is ruling, it's going to be different than if it's masculine, but it's finding the balance. And I like that. When she said that, I was like, yes, that makes a whole lot of sense. And I'm a man. I, I identify as a male, as a man, but I'm very feminine in a lot of ways. And I feel like I've got this wonderful balance within myself. So I feel like when she said that, I knew like why I was kind of here. Um, wow. and then, and then flash forward to laying in bed, my husband's already asleep and I literally could almost feel the vibration of like, doom, 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 like 12 people marching into the room. And, and again, another, I think another misnomer is most mediums do not see objectively. It's more subjectively inside your head. So subjectively, I could see these 12 blue lizard dudes, beings walk in, they like this. And I was like, oh. Okay, this is interesting. And this is all in my head. And I said, so what are y'all doing here? And they said, well, you tell us you're our leader. And in that instant, the download came in that, that somehow I was a leader and that I was in witness protection program, so to speak, <laughs> because all I, all I knew was they were there to protect me. So wow. there's always four of them with my house. There's always four of them with me. There's always four of them with my husband. If we're in the same place in the house, all 12 are here. When we moved from a house about five miles down the road to this house in 2015, when we got here, I tried to connect with them. When I, like, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear a thump or a bump, I immediately just connect with them and they like guns draw. I mean, literally it's like, it's like Terminator, guns drawn. And I'm like, is everything okay out there? And immediately they say, yeah, everything's fine. Or it's nothing to worry about, go back to sleep. And I go back to sleep. Ooh. And I remember something happened at this house and I was like, where are you guys? And I communicate with them, but they were not near. And they said, we're not allowed there for a while. And I was like, okay. Cause we had just moved here. 
And I was like, well, so what's going on? Well, there are 12, no, 15 cypress trees making a U around our house. And I knew that those cypress trees were, had more dominance here for some reason. Um, and I just learned on a, on a, a, a TV, uh, on a, a, a class, like the cypress trees have connections through the roots to the underworld and they're very protective. And I was like, oh my God, there's the answer. So in those three to four months where they couldn't come back to me, which I was trusting them and I was trusting the trees, our new house, our house had been attempted to break into three times. Wow. And two of the times I was not even in town. One of the times I was not here, but one of the times my, my husband's sitting in the bedroom and somebody walks into the back of the house, busted through his thing and we're just standing in the pool there and sees him. And of course he runs him out. Another time the front door is busted in, but it was, and then the moment I was, they were allowed to come back about three or four months later, I was like, Oh, I can feel your energy. We're back. Okay. We're good. It was like the trees needed to adjust to me, to us, to something. It was just it's still very vague and how, but we're all working together now. <laughs> That's awesome. Have yeah. a question for you. Yeah. Now that that came up, I, you know what I'm going to talk about. I, I, I had this interesting thing happen to me. I just, I just needed to say something to you because I'm trying to find an answer to it. So I've had this knee problem that started a couple of weeks ago. Yes, I'm bringing the knee up. Yeah, um, you have however, to. I did nothing to my knee, but this is what happened. I was laying in bed and my leg was over the side of the bed and I was in dream state. Mm. And I literally felt in my dream, my knee being shattered. And I moved my leg up and I could feel the pain. And I kind of woke up at the same time. Ever since then, my knee has been hurting. Yeah. Like to the point where I can't even walk some days. So, if, so I thought it was very interesting. I'm like, yeah. or, I was like, am I in a multi-parallel universe when I was dreaming? Or was I doing something there that came actually to the physical beingness of me here in this plane? And it's just kind of confusing me a little bit. So I thought I something said to bring it up because I yeah, don't know. Two things. The first thing when you mentioned the knee, the first thing I went to was often the big joints, elbows, knees, hips are about fear of moving forward. So if there's any fear where you are right now, taking a step forward, yeah. doing something bigger, grand like that. But the moment you were said dream like state and your leg was there, I feel like the age you are at right now in a past life was around the age when there was probably a big incident or an injury to your leg, to your gotcha. knee or something. And it's almost like, I feel like it's, I'm going to say a little ancestral as well, but I feel like honoring that yeah. time and maybe do your own little meditation to try to find that, that lifetime where it happened and see if you can, I say, see if you can find the message in it because, you know, it may have been fear yeah. of moving forward then and it's kind of coming up now. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I was just, cause I was like going into the parallel and I felt it was something to answer, but I feel it's metaphysical, even though it's affecting me in the physical and it's just yeah. something I need to move through and see. So I just thought I'd <laughs> break it And up. I'm a, and anytime something hurts, I'm a big fan of like taking my fingers, especially my right hand, if that's your dominant and just doing the Celtic weave figure eight over yeah. that. I always say, you know, the, set the intention that I'm breaking up the energy that's kind of stuck, kind of trapped there, but I don't, want it just to be you know taking care of the symptom because yeah. we can we can get rid of the pain oh. but it's like what, show me the real lesson in, in all this as well and i've been i've been rolling everything oh, back and see and i also knew like the toltics like the new noggle the way you look at thing is other 12 joints to your body and your knee is one of them and the gateway of that is the harmony of of nature 
Wow. So, and I'm very connected to the earth as well. So I was like, okay, is this something with this? Is this something? So I've been unrolling it, but it's, we just haven't. Anyway, we can get off that subject. <laughs> it came up, I, just the mystery of it, uh, of feeling it in my dream. Like, and yeah. I know you can do that when you cross over. So I just, yeah. Okay, we're done. Thank you. <laughs> well, no, we're not because I'm going to say Let's continue in it because it's been a mystery. Well, no, because we're, solving, we're, we're solving real well, mysteries here tonight. When you brought it up to me, one of the first things you said was moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with us doing the show, with everything else that is happening, these are really uh, big movements for you to to move out of the space of comfort that you were used to. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to yeah. hamper that. So, I mean, Mitchell, what you said kind of yeah. confirms everything. Which yeah. is it right or left? Which, which leg is it? It's the left. Left. Which is the Which, future. And, and feminine. See, for me, it would be the feminine, the receptive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I know it's it's multi-layer. Like, it's not just one thing, is what I feel. So anyway, yeah. thank you for giving me <laughs> clarification around all that, because it's been quite a little mystery. And you know what? Just talking about it tomorrow morning, maybe you'll wake up and it'll be like, ta-da! Well, it's actually been feeling better. I did have oh, some couple of revelations and moving forward. And I felt like, you know, starting the show and moving is a next step for me of claiming. So yeah, it's starting to, un and I knew I'm like, it's going to start to unravel. I just need to see as I move along and I need to sit with it as it and honor it as I move through this. Are you struggling over naming something right now? Myself? No, <laughs> no. It's like, I, I, it's so funny. It's like, are you, are you trying to change your name? It's like, there's, it's like, there's, there's, are you, are you? No, I'm always struggling with what to call myself, but that's just, okay. Um, but right. not really right now. Wait a minute. Hillis might, I might've said something to him. He remembers. Well, that. no, because it's interesting that you say that because everyone else calls Rebecca Becky, but I am one of the only people, probably a handful of people that call her Rebecca because I understand the power of your name, the the wholeness of your name. And Becky is cutting yourself off from your power. Yes. I'm a huge name. That's, you know, you can call me Mitch all day long, but when I went into this business, I knew I needed to be Mitchell Osborne. You know, as and the the when I do it numerologically, it's so much more powerful, so much more regal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's just very interesting. Like, like, like Bartolomeo, our cat, he came to us with the name Guido. And this is a, this is a beautiful story. Maybe it's segueing into more of the animal stuff. But yes. so Bartolomeo um, came to us with the name Guido. We went to visit him because I was doing that whole, my husband said, oh, somebody wants to give away their cat. Their daughter's going back to school and it's living in the back, back part of the house and they have a dog out front. I said, we'll go see him. I was, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking... <laughs> We'll go, we'll go check him out. So we go and visit Bartolomeo on January 6th. I believe it was five years ago. And Guido's his name. And of course, I was like, yeah, yeah, he can come home. We had a whole plan about how to bring him into the house, which that's if you that's a whole animal communication lesson, if you want to unpack that in a moment. But we so he came into the house on a Sunday night. By Tuesday, 
you know, Fabian, I had to, I had to explain to Fabian what a Guido was because he's from Argentina. So he's like, I'm like, your, your grandfather's from Sicily, Italy. You don't know what a Guido is. <laughs> it's, it's the gangster name, you know, it's like the Italian mob. Um, but we weren't feeling it. And Guido does have a little bit more of an aggressive edge and he's coming into a house where there are two other cats and a dog. So two dogs. So almost like four. So we had to come in to be, you know, cohesive. And I remember just kind of looking at him, talking to him. And I, you know, like, do you like that name? Do you want it? And I, and I kept hearing Bartholomew, which is very biblical. And I thought, well, that sounds nice. So, um, so I was trying to type it into like, here's a picture of Guido, but I think he wants to be called Bartholomew and I couldn't spell it right. So iPhone kept putting a red line under it. So I said, let me just type it out and see if I recommend. And when I got to B-A-R, it recommended Bartolomeo. And I thought, well, that's like the Italian Spanish version of Bartholomew. So I said, here's what I think he wants to be called. And everybody loved it. Came, Fabian came home that Tuesday night. And I said, what about Bartolomeo? Of course, he does that whole Bartolomeo, Barto, 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 Barti, Bart, Bart. He goes through the whole gamut of <laughs> nicknames. And he said, yeah, I like it. So then the next morning, we settle on Bartolomeo. Next morning, he's reading the obituaries. I don't know why he used to do that. But he's like, oh, a guy just died. His last name is Bartolomeo. Do you think it's a sign? I'm like, hell yeah, it's a sign. The next day, a Thursday, my friend Jamie, who I did a psychic, Cosmic Caffeine Psychic show, goes, Mitch, do you not know who Frank is? And I'm like, Frank? No, Frank's the guy that you've been going to the hospital to doing healing on and the doctors called it a miracle that he got through the holidays, but he died on January 6th, the day we picked up Guido Bartolomeo. And I go, no, it's Frank. It's just, you always just said Frank, you're doing a healing for Frank. His last name is Frank Bartolomeo. <laughs> and I'm like, are you awesome. kidding me? And then two days later, we're, we're doing the show, or three days on a Sunday night and Alice Bartolomeo, the wife calls in and says how amazing it is, the story about the cat. And I, I, every time I post a picture of Bart, she tags it and says, yeah, Frank would be happy. So it was just this Aww. bizarre story of names. And that name is much more harmonious and it connects a little yeah. bit better. So yeah, just bizarre. So since we got off the tangent of animal communication, we're going to hold down the <laughs> rabbit hole on this show. We have to come back and do more of the animal. Woo! But that's how it is when you get a bunch yeah. of people together. And but I have I'm a question. Huh? I'm going to say where to go get Zaya to see if she wants to get, be on now. Okay. Yeah. Good. I have a, do have a quick question though. Are you finding in the work that you do, because I know animals are opening up more and more. And this is one of the things I did want to bring on the show. We kind of just got on the sidetrack. Um, are you finding that animals are upgrading along with us where the communication is becoming clearer, differenter, and are they asking and seeking different things that maybe they didn't do before this whole energy shift of this new world energy. Have you found any thing happening there? No, I yeah. feel, <laughs> I, <laughs> this is funny because it's like, it's like, and it's funny because I'm literally like, like I'm hearing animals screaming at me right now. We know how to do this. <laughs> We've been doing this forever. They know how to live in the moment. Yes. I feel like that. Oh my gosh. I feel like that they are more ready, willing, and able to step up and be yes. there. Um, I feel like the humans, we are the ones who are opening up and we're shifting and, and you know, more and more people are having animals. Um, you, you, so in other words, I feel like what the animals- What is role changing as animals, like to be here for us, to help us to the next level? 
Yeah, I, I, I think, I think they've been at the door knocking and we're finally opening it is what it keeps feeling like. It's like, yeah. they've been ready to do this. Yes. You know, and, and communicating more like with people who are animal communicators. Like, yeah, now that I will say definitely that more and more people I guess that's are, what I meant to say is just the more they're coming alive, you know? Yeah. And I, again, I think it, you know, it's like, which came first chicken or egg. And it's like, yes. I think we are, we as a human race are opening up even more and more. And I will say this, this is what I do feel like and this is, I feel like, and it's funny because I'm going to tell you a whale's telling me this. I feel like they're more willing to, uh, this, and this is hard to say, but it's truth okay. for me. They're more willing to put their neck on the line for us right now. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. more willing to play to the death to get us to see what's going on. And, you know, people have often asked in shows like this and stuff about, about, you know, all the like the euthanasia and all this kind of stuff. And I said, this is what's so powerful about them. They've signed up to come into, they've signed that contract to come in and show us how far we still have to go when we will put to death so many animals day after day after day of this country. And all you got to do is just look at how many rescue shelters are popping up, how many no-kill shelters, how, you know, how many more and more and more, the spay and the neutering, you know, the, the prevention of just, you know, over and over. But this is where I think they have stepped up the game. Um, you know, they're becoming more visible um, and, Another one that they're showing me right now, it's funny, the raccoons are showing me this, that just like TikTok, go, if you go on and you like two or three videos that are animals, your, your TikTok feed will be inundated with animals over the next couple of days because of their algorithm. But again, they're bringing joy into our lives, yes. um, you know, in so many ways. But they're also, you know, they bring a lot of sorrow too. But I think that sorrow in what we see helps us to move us along further as well and raise our own personal vibration. Yes, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for that. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, you know, I just want to add to that too. Did, have you guys seen, oh geez, what's the movie? Oh geez, on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Was that an animal movie? Yeah, it's a Disney movie. It's a Disney Lion King? Huh? Lion King? No, not Lion King. With the gorilla, Ivan the gorilla? No, no, no. Oh geez. Dr. Doolittle? Huh? Dr. Doolittle? No, it's because oh, I was <laughs> going to tell you about Zaya. I can't think of the name of the Disney movie, but okay. it's a Sholo. <laughs> and Sholos or Shola Esquintly, they are known to be guardians of the underworld, kind of. Oh. So, you know, back in uh, Aztec times, they were very prized dogs. And pharaohs had them, you know, the rulers had them. And so sometimes the pharaohs would be buried with the dogs. And so the dog's duty was to help them cross over the river sticks. Wow. And wow. if they didn't, and if someone passed, if they didn't have a sholo, they would volunteer a sholo mm -hmm. to go with a person to escort them over. And so sometimes the Sholo that would come back. So if you ever Google uh, pictures with Sholos and they are spotted like a Dalmatian, that means they came back over, they got splashed by the river. Wow. So I mean, so she's a very special spiritual puppy. This one very active, but 
she gets a lot of anxiety when the daddies are gone for too long. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like, she's like, I hear somebody's voice. Who is that? <laughs> yeah, she's like really loving, really caring. Oh. But yeah. But if you don't mind, I want to know if there's anything you can pick up from her. Okay, and tell me, tell me your name again. Zaya, X-I-A. Zaya. Oh. So, definitely feel like she is in your life for healing. I just feel a great amount of healing. So I don't know if she came into your life when there was a lot of shifting or changing going on, but there feels like a lot of healing happening there. Um, it's so funny. I see her back feet more than anything, which usually their front paws, I say feet, that's funny. Their, their front paws, are they usually will touch you. Does she like to put her back paws on you? Yeah, so she's- Like specifically the back ones. Yeah, usually when she's laying down or when she's standing up on one of us, yeah, she uses her back paws a lot. And it um, feels like a grounding cool. kind of a thing, but also there definitely feels like there's a lot of healing going on with her. Um, whew, her heart is like 90 miles an hour. Um, does she just have a, is that just her personality? Just like, mm, go, 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 the heart's always going? Yeah, she's very active most of the day, uh, especially, well, this time of day. She's very active, but most of the day she sleeps, but this is the time when she's most active. Yeah. Um, so you did say something that I do want to kind of tap into. You said she gets, how did you say it, your words when you're not there? She gets a lot of anxiety okay. when, we're not, when we're not home, when we're gone for too long. So this, and this is more like education and teaching. So first thing I would say is they often are mirroring, reflecting back what's going on in the humans' lives. Right. So look, look at any of the humans and, you know, see how you're feeling being out of the house. If it's always been that way, or if it's just started like during the pandemic or during no, the time. It's always been that way with her. So see if, if where, you know, are, you know, are you and who'd you say you and you said daddies, is there, is there so, who, so if either one of you are out of the house, do you love being out? Would you quote rather be home? And when you are out, are you thinking of her and continuing a story that may not be fully there. And the, what, I'm, what I get with that is like, good example is if, you know, so a new dog comes into your house and all of a sudden, you know, it's been there a while, a month or two or whatever, and all of a sudden a neighbor walks in. And it's the first time, say, a tall man walked in the house and that dog kind of nips at him and bites him. And you're like, oh my gosh, maybe he's got some trauma with the tall man or something like that. If you continue to support and, and tell that story, they might continue to help you support it as well by every time a tall man walks in biting them. So with regards to any anxiety, see if, be conscious of if you're supporting it or not. It could absolutely be, she's anxious, she's nervous, she wants you home. You know, if you, there's a book that your dog knows when you're coming home. I don't, that's not the right title, but they put cameras on dogs and the moment the owners, and I don't like the word, but the humans, would grab their keys, get in the car and start heading home. The dogs would like perk up. They're like, they, they knew that their owner was coming home. And the best way to communicate what you want or communicate to an animal is heart to heart. So think from your heart rather than your head, but think in pictures. If you're out, do you have like a camera? Are you watching it on a camera or something? Is that no. how you know? Okay. okay. So if you, 
when you're out and you're wondering, or maybe you're picking up on her anxiousness, if you're picking up on it, you're feeling it, just take a, take a breath and say, it's okay, honey, it's all right. You know, and just see the calmness, project that back to them, you know, see them sleeping, see them laying still. Um, because if we, another good example is if two cats got in a fight one time, and then the next time you see them walking in the room and you think, oh my gosh, are they gonna get in a fight again? Well, the image you just held was them getting in a fight. So that's when they kind of go, is that what you want? You want us to do that thing we did yesterday? Cause it was fun for us, <laughs> you know? And it's like, if you walk in the living room and your dogs are not on the couch, which I don't understand that. But if your dogs are not allowed on the couch and you walk in, you go, get off the couch, get off the couch. Well, the image you're holding is them on the couch. Mm -hmm. And what I see and feel is them kind of going, I feel like you want me to get off the couch, but you're kind of showing me a picture of me on the couch. So put it in the positive. All right, mm -hmm. hey honey, great, good to see you. Remember, you sleep in your bed over here. This is where you are. Two cats walking in the room. You see them walk in, you take a breath, you go, oh, I love that these cats get along. I love that they lick each other, they sleep together, they drink out of the same bowl. Send all the images that you want them to enact and be. It's like you're giving him permission to be sweet and kind and calm. And when Bartolomeo, he's out now, when he came to us, he would splash the bowl of water, lick his paw. So we'd empty the bowl, which wasn't a big deal, but then there's no water and it would go against the baseboards. So one day I was like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> I sat down and I was like, hey, Bart, let's use our mouth, use our mouth. So I sent images of him leaning forward, licking out of the bowl, drinking the fountain, coming down. It took about three to five minutes before he would do it. I was like, good boy, that's what, lick. use your mouth, use your mouth. And every once in a while I'll walk through the kitchen and he's starting to splash and I'll say, no, use your mouth. And he'll look up at me and he'll start, and I'll use your mouth and he'll put it down and he'll lean forward. So the imagery really does work. So with regards to, you know, to her, if you're seeing the anxiety, then maybe you can take a deep breath and check your own anxiety at that moment. Yeah. You know, daddy, husband, whoever it is, um, their anxiety, and just see if that, you know, can kind of bring it down. Yeah, a lot she's, she's also super psychic, too. I mean, she's really in tune, and she's also very protective as well. Yeah. So it's like these elements. And so, you know, because we used to live in New York and she had all these dog friends and you know now since we've been down here you know she doesn't have as many dog friends and so it's just us and so we're you know doing what we can but it's she's special that's all I can say she's very special oh but yeah I had a dog like her ever is she eight or nine right now how old is she no she's two two she's got an old soul then Definitely yeah. an old soul. I can feel that wisdom within her. Definitely there. Yeah, she she picks up all stuff for y'all. Do as she as she continues to be with you and growing older and stuff like that. Do your own research um, on foods that you know are the, the cleanest, the best, especially ones that don't produce like inflammation in the body. Um, mm -hmm. That's way beyond my understanding. Um, you know, if I'm as a human, you know, dairy, corn, wheat you know, yeah. less sugar, they'll produce inflammation in my body. So I avoid those things. But I just for joints and things like that. Um, I can just feel like the propensity for maybe like, you know, the, the typical arthritis and, and, and joint inflammation. So just always keep an eye on that for anything in the future for her. Because um, she feels really, really strong. Um, yeah. And I definitely feel like she's gonna be around a long time.
you know, then the, and this is usually her playtime where I spend two hours playing with her. <laughs> <laughs> so she's not well, happy right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I did want to say Merlin. Um, yes. Is he? It's a boy, yes, because the name is It's a Mer boy, yes. We boy. thought it was a girl, but then I realized okay. it was a boy, so. Okay, I don't even know how you tell that. Um, <laughs> I <can laughs> just ask him. <laughs> um, but he, I'm looking, he's yellow, right? There's mostly yellow? Mm -hmm. Okay. Does that, how does that fit into your life with like solar plexus, personal power? When did he come in your life? Was there some of that need for more yellow in your life? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause I was doing a huge shift. Literally when I got Merlin, I mean, he talked to me, I was in the pet store. I wanted to get a bearded dragon for a while and I kept on looking and looking and looking. And then I saw him and literally I looked at him. He said, I'm yours, basically. I'm coming home with you. And I was like, I went home. I'm like, um, I'm getting a dragon. I'm picking him up Monday. <laughs> and so that's how he came to me. But yeah, I've been moving through to this next level, this huge up level within myself. So it totally oh. makes sense. Yes. And it's, and it's funny because eh, sometimes I'll notice the colors, but I think it's probably because a just eh, I'm supposed to notice it, but more importantly, I don't know that I've ever seen one with that much yellow, any drag, I mean, any dragon or lizard at all. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's funny because Sebastian, who is a flame point Himalayan cat, which these cats are like two or $3,000 if you buy them. He wandered into my sister-in-law and brother's garage. They already had enough animals. February, 10 years ago, February, 11 years ago, February 14th, I went over there to give my nephew his birthday card and he comes wandering out of the little cage. And as he walked to me, I literally heard clear audience people loud and clear. Oh, thank God you're here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not the one that brings animals home. That's that's Fabian, my husband. So I took a picture of him. My nephew was holding him. I took a picture and sent it to my husband and he never responded. I'm like, dodge that bullet. So I came <laughs> on Valent Valentine's Day. I didn't bring him home. So I came home that night and I'm like, why didn't you say anything about that picture? He's like, wait, what, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, and he's like, you go back right now. I said, well, it's too late. So Thursday, February 19th, I drove back to Winter Haven an hour away and picked up his name. His name was Walter. If you know Jeff Dunham, Dunham, the puppeteer, the grumpy Walter, because he, he's got the squished, grumpy face. And we sat with his energy for about a week and a half before we settled on Sebastian for him. So, and it's just perfectly fitting for him because he's wow. a big clown. He's a big clown. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh my gosh. Can you believe it's been an hour? Almost an I know. Hour. I just, I just Wait, looked up. And, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to come back again sometime? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. This was so much fun. I so enjoyed playing and we kind of went all over the board and back again, but that's the fun part of things, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I, I love talking about this stuff that I love doing. Oh yeah. Hey, but I had a question. Wait, uh -oh. Hillis has a question. I'm cutting Hillis off. <laughs> Hillis, what do you need to say, love? So I guess in closing, which is your, and I guess not, and I guess I really shouldn't say, but which is your personal preference? Which is, brings you more ease and more peace in, in what you do? Communicating with the ancestors or communicating with pets? Or is it just like a hodgepodge, you know, depending on the energy? So almost 95% of the, 90, I'll say 90% of the animal communication sessions that I have, when we get to the end of the session, I'm either thinking it or I say it out loud. Do you see what this little bean did? 
this little being that you're so concerned about got you here because by the end of the session, it's all about the human. It's not so much about the animal. My, my thought is, and my feeling and my work with them is they know how to live in the moment. They are the most mindful beings I know, most every single animal. They are so, unless they've been really domesticated or they've been around humans a lot because they'll reflect some of the human energy. But when they're like pure in nature and stuff like that, they're so in the moment, in the present moment, they don't know what death is. They don't know that they were born and they're going to die. They just don't, they're living in that moment and they get the humans to me. And by the end of the session, I'm like, you see what he's trying to show you? Chill out, calm down, be brave, speak your truth. Because the animals, one of my last questions, because when someone comes to me, I literally get a picture of the animal and these are, this is my fill out sheet with my questions. And so about 10 minutes before I call or Zoom the client, I open up the picture of the animal and I dialogue with them. I ask them all these questions. I usually have a whole sheet of stuff written down. And I say, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go over this. You can interject anytime. We're going to get to any specific questions you have. If I don't answer them when we get here, you know, I, you know, I ask them how they feel about the situation. What do you have final words for your human? You know, how do you feel about other animals? You know, how's your food? How's your energy level? All this stuff. And it's pretty powerful by the end of it. They're like, oh my God, you know, they're crying. You know, they, they look, they're like, oh my gosh, they do love me. You know, uh, and, and I get a lot that have crossed over. You know, and so probably about 40% of the animal ones have, are, have de are deceased. And I usually know ahead of time that they are. Um, and they have some wonderful, powerful messages coming back at them, still teaching them a lesson. And here's a cool thing. If, if anybody's watching this, if you have an animal in your life and they have a lot of behaviors and that animal crosses over and then you get another animal, usually similar or same breed, you know, or species, um, and they start exhibiting the same characteristics. Two things I think are happening. One, there's a little bit of an overlay of the other animal kind of bringing them in. But more importantly, you didn't get the lesson the first time. <laughs> and this, <laughs> this next one is bringing the same lesson into you. You know, this is what they do. They're like, I'm going to pass the torch. And they, it's like they hand it off. Um, and sometimes I've had like grandparents, what I use the word overlay, overlay on the animal. One of the coolest stories was this woman showed me a picture of her dog at um, Reader Studio and I did a quick little reading for her. I said, I keep saying grandfather, grandfather. I said, so this dog is showing me that grandfather and your grand and your son never met in person. They, they crossed like in the air, like the grandfather died, your father died. And then your son was born shortly after. And she's like, oh my God, that's right. I said, well, that's why I feel the grandfather energy coming in to connect with your son who he never got to be with physically. Yeah. So he was having this physical moment, even though it's dog to human, he overlaid with him. And it wasn't like he reincarnated in the animal, but he just kind of was able to kind of like overlay. It's, you know, sounds wow. better than possession. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a cool experience. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. how can people get in touch with you? Are you running any specials right now? So we can end the show to... Out so, there. And, let, and I do want to interject. I have had a session with you before with my beautiful Daisy, who's actually been laying by the door over there. She knows you're on the line. Yay. So I hear about <laughs> the and you're, you know, you're just absolutely amazing in what you do. Well, thank you. Very gifted in what you do. So I just want to let all everybody who's listening to the show right now know that, that I personally have experienced Mitchell, hence why I asked him on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Fabulous. So, so yeah, you can up. find me at 
find me at mitchellosborne.com. I'm a social media whore. So I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, Vine is no longer out there. I was on that, but I'm all over YouTube. Um, no specials right now, but, the, but I am booked out, I think for January 5th, because um, I do have a full-time career in fitness. Um, I've been in fitness for 32 years. So that's my full-time career. And I have about eight to 10, 12, eight to 10 slots a week that are available. So they're booked out. But if you want to get a um, full spread for 2020, I do, it's a 28 card spread, two cards per month for the entire year that you get to revisit. I pull a card for what is that month going to look like you energetically? And then another card, how you can best navigate or work with the energy that's coming at you. So it's kind of a fun spread because I deliver it back in an unlisted YouTube video. And then your homework is, to journal, 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 watch the video over every month, you know, watch January, beginning of January, then watch it at the end. Come June next year, you watch it again to find out the best guidance you can. So it's a fun, fun spread that I get to do. How fun. And any words of wisdom you would like to uh, leave the listeners with today? So jump off and then hill us. I'm going to say seven of wands. Stay open to the surprises that are at your door. Um, just when you think, just when you think, you know, what's coming, take a breath and just let it wash over you, you know, like just rain falling down and be ready for the sun to come out. I really feel like we're open for some great surprises in 2021. Yay! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. And Hillis, you wanted to say something. No, I just wanted to thank you, Mitchell, for this time and for connecting with Zaya to give me that little bit of uh, information so I honor that and honor that in which we do uh, because the abilities that we have are so much needed as we grow and evolve on the planet so thank you you're welcome thank you and yes thank you so much Mitchell for coming on and spending spending this hour with us you know just sharing your knowledge and stories and it's just so much fun to you know being in that right now in the space of joy to be able to have conversations like this of being open just to express no matter what comes you know and it just really helps with the consciousness of the planet just to be in that space of joy and love and, and share your gifts so thank you for showing up and being you thank you and uh, Appreciate it. yeah and everyone thank you for joining the Cos cosmic insight this evening and who do we have what do we have next week we have a christmas show Christmas show. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so next week will be our Christmas show. Who knows what that's going to be because we don't know yet. So, but come on for the surprise. And once again, Mitchell, thank you for joining us this evening. And uh, thank you, it's my pleasure. It's a pleasure, and we'd love to have you back sometime. Definitely, you've got it on record. I'll come back. We'll awesome. You come just back. ask. That's you two ask. for two today. Two for two. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, awesome. Mercy. Have an amazing time, and, and until next time. No. Yes. <laughs> bye, bye bye bye. Thanks. Bye. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. But heard instead.
instead. Dear listeners, through podcast radio on realrevolutionradio.com. Never before has inspirational podcast radio been taken to this next level of wow. Until now. Today in the age of information, more and more people are searching for answers and in solutions and how to better approach and perceive every day-to-day concerns by tuning in to realrevolutionradio.com. Isn't it about time we take back our lives? Back in consciousness. In a higher state of awareness. In the evolution of our own state of higher well-being. Yes, we can do so consciously every day by tuning in to the many groundbreaking and third eye-opening podcasts. Our new Cleveland-based network of over 33 paradigm-shifting internet talk shows. Only on realrevolutionradio.com. Be part of that change. Evolve. Be inspired.